again this evening. Um, Honour to be before you and to share the word of God with you. So um, I think this morning we kind of set the premise that we have been called to live by faith um, as the Christians, as those declared, uh, declared righteous by God. Faith should be our lifestyle. Uh, we should walk and live by faith every day. And then we also looked at Romans chapter 10, verse 17, how we receive faith or how we get faith or how we grow in faith. Um, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, and I believe that we need to hear the word of God specifically in any area of our life that we believe in God for. Um, hear the word of God until there is manifestation, until you are full of that word, until when you sleep or when you wake up or when you dream, you know, that word, that particular word or scripture is coming out of you. And I also mentioned that we need to build our faith in every area of our life, um, every aspect of our life. Um, and, um, you know, think about the things that are most important to you. Think about, you know, uh, your finances, your health, your family, your marriage. Um, build your faith concerning those areas, those areas that Satan tried to attack us or tempt us, you know, we, to, we need to build our faith so that we are strong in that area in Jesus' name. And I believe in building your faith concerning your marriage because sometimes the enemy comes and tries to attack our marriages and we have to be able to stand strong. We have to be able to stand, stand in faith knowing that I didn't marry the right person. <laughs> you know, this is the one in tough times. You know that God, I had a word from God and this is the right one. Um, for me and you know no matter what comes our way we are going to overcome it in Jesus name and so this evening I just want to look at um, let's just look at how we can since we we know how faith come how we can turn our faith loose or how we can um, express our faith or exercise our faith and um, I want us to go to Mark the gospel according to Mark chapter 4 and uh, let's just look at this passage of scripture and learn something from it, how we can, you know, walk in faith or express our faith, demonstrate our faith. And I believe that this passage is of, uh, this verses of scripture will give us some insight. And so in Mark chapter four, um, we're going to first look at verse 12, and then we're going to jump to verse 20. But let's start with verse 12. And of course, this is talking about Jesus cursing the fig tree. I'm not going to go into deep details about why he cut the fig tree. There's so many theology, um, uh, theories about why Jesus cut the fig tree and so forth, but that's for another, another day. So let's just read on verse, verse 12. It says, On the morrow when they came from, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry, that's Jesus, and seen a fig tree after uh, afar off, leave, um, having leaves, he came, if happily he might find any, anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for the time of the fix was not yet. So Jesus saw the fig tree and normally when the fig tree begins to bear fruit or is bearing fruit, the leaves, it will, it will show leaves or, or have leaves on it. So this is why Jesus went to it, expecting there to be some fruit from it. And then verse 14, it says, and Jesus answered and said unto it. And I think that's quite interesting, but that's another time jesus answered to the fig tree why would you answer something unless the fig tree spoke to you um or you know <laughs> he was expecting something from the victory that he did not get 
And so in response, he answered and said unto it, no man eat fruit of, of, of thee thereafter forever. And the Bible says, and his disciples heard it. So it's quite interesting how Jesus just right away cursed this victory and not just for a moment, but he cursed it forever simply because there was no fruit on it. Uh, he could not, you could not partake of any fruit from the tree. But I believe just, just for now, for time's sake, I believe that Jesus cursed the victory or Jesus spoke to the victory on purpose um, because he's about to teach his disciples a principle of faith or a lesson from his actions that, um, that he did here. And so let's go to verse, let's jump all the way to verse 20. Um, and it says here in Mark 4, verse 20, it says, And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. So right away, the next morning, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter recalling, or Peter calling to remembrance, says unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursest is withered away. And in verse 22, and Jesus answering said unto him, unto them, or not just Peter, but unto all of them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. And many um, uh, describe this verse of scripture, or that many say that you can say um, that Jesus was saying, have the God kind of faith, or have faith as God has it. And so in his response to um, Peter and the whole disciples, Jesus is about to tell the disciples how to operate in faith or how to operate in the God kind of faith. And so he says, have faith in God or have faith as God has it or have the God kind of faith. And then verse three, he begins by saying, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when you pray or when ye pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. And so I, I, I believe that the, uh, Mark 11, 23, 24 is packed with um, it's, it's packed with faith principles for us to, 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 to learn from, to apply in our life as we walk and live by faith. And so let's just go back and break it down um, and a bit more and see what we can get from this. So we see the first thing he says to have faith in God or have the God kind of faith. And the God kind of faith or faith as God has it is how is what Jesus did, is, is how he uh, responded to the faith. And he said that what that he says that whosoever shall say unto this mountain. So the first thing he tells them that you know, in order to have faith as God has it, it is going to require us in, require us speaking. Okay, it's going to require us talking or speaking, or we can say speaking the word of God. See, faith when you're walking and living by faith. It's not something that, um, you know, um, it, when you're walking live by faith, you should be speaking, you should be talking. It's not keeping your mouth shut. You know, when you are fully persuaded or when you are convinced by God or concerning anything you believe in God for, it requires you to speak uh, or begin to start speaking 
and declaring the thing that you want. So he says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain. Now, some believe that Jesus was maybe perhaps pointing to a particular mountain. So whosoever shall speak to this mountain as an example. Or the actual Greek word here, mountain, means a difficult thing. Mountain means a, diff a difficult thing. So we can say that Jesus was telling them that if you ever face any difficult thing, in your life, this is how you respond to it, okay? And you respond by speaking to that mountain. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. In other words, you tell the mountain where to go or you speak to you whatever difficult thing or whatever you're facing in your life. You say to it what you want it to, where it, what you want it to go or what you want it to happen. He says, and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he serves shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he serves. So some key words here we see in verse, three, verse 23, as we live and walk by faith. And those key words is that we have to speak the word of God. Okay. We, we have established that we have to know the word of God. And then the next thing we do is we speak the word of God. We have to say what the word of God says. says. We have to um, um, speak the, say the scriptures or the word of God pertaining to whatever thing that we are facing. So number one, we have to speak the word of God. And the second thing that he said to them and, and is that, and shall not doubt. The, fact, the second thing that we have to do when we're walking by faith is we have to get rid of doubt, get rid of unbelief. Get rid of anything that contradicts the word of God. Hallelujah. And, and, and that happens when, you know, you hear and receive the word of God in you so much that it gets rid of all doubt and unbelief. And when you be, you know, feeding yourself with the word of God, you have been meditating on the word of God. To meditate the word of God means that we, we it means to mutter the word of God. It means to speak the word to yourself out loud. Um, it means to ponder on the word of God, um, think about the word of God, hallelujah. And this is how we get the word of God into our spirit to the place, to the point or place where we are filled with his word. And so whosoever shall say, um, let me go back. I said to you, whosoever shall um, say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt and believe in his heart. And not, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Amen. So when we are walking by faith and when we are believing God for something, we have to get to the place that we know that the very thing that we are asking God for, the very thing that we pray, that we pray to God about, we're going to have it. We are going to receive it. There is no doubt about it because we, we know that this thing is a promise from God. We can see it in the scripture. Um, you know, um, the Bible says the promises of God, they are yea and amen. There's no shadow of doubt about it. So, you know, as when we walk by faith, we have to get to the place where we know that the thing that we are asking God for is the word of God. And we're not asking, hoping, 
um, that we that we may get it or we may not but we are sure that the things that we believe in god for you know we are going to have it verse 24 says therefore i say unto you what things he's talking about things what things so ever you desire when you pray he says believe that you receive receive um you know in the translators add the word them there but the word them was not there in, in the in, initially but we just we just add it so believe that you receive them and ye shall have them hallelujah and so walking by faith and believing god means that at the point that we pray at the point that we ask god for something we have to believe at that particular moment that we we have received or the word received that means we take the thing that we ask him and then the bible says we will have it hallelujah i read again what things soever you desire when you pray and i'm glad it puts the word desire there because it lets me know that not only does god gives us our needs but he also gives us our desires god supplies our needs but god also gives us the desires of our hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. And so he said, when we pray, you know, what things we desire when we pray? Believe that you receive. Believe that you take. When do you believe that you have the thing you're asking God at the point or at the time of prayer? It says, believe that you receive it and then you shall have it and then the manifestation will come. And so we believe before the manifestation and then we see the manifestation. And that's why um, Hebrews chapter 9, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, let's go there quickly. I'll come back to uh, Mark chapter 4 in a minute. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. For me, Hebrews chapter 11 is, you know, some people say this is, defines faith, but we already defined faith this morning. And we said that faith is a persuasion, a firm conviction. It's a, um, it means believe. It means trust. Hebrews chapter 11, for me, just describes how faith works, okay? How faith works. This is how faith works. And Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, if you really study this scripture, you know, you know in, in the world of faith circles, in evangelical circles, we use this phrase that faith is now. And, you know, yes, it's true. Faith is now, you know, and we say that because we say that this verse begins with now faith is, but, you know, uh, you don't really begin a sentence with the word now. It's a continuation of the, the previous chapter and the previous verses. But I think it's so fitting that the word now is here, you know, um, because when we are dealing with faith and walking, walking in faith, faith always operates in the present faith is always now faith is not in the future and that's why when we connect this with mark chapter 11 verse 24 when we pray we have to believe that we receive the thing we ask in god at the time we pray at the very present time we pray and it's not going to it's not something that's going to happen in the future you know, faith says, I have what I believe I'm believing for, or I have what I'm praying for now, now, at the very present moment. Um, and so 
you know, this verse tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith gives substance to our hope. Hope there means expectation. Faith gives substance to the thing we expect, the things that we pray, we pray for, ask God for. Um, you know, faith brings, you know, when we talk about hope, hope is really referring to the future. You know, when, we, when you hope for something, um, you, 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 you um, how can I put it this way? When you hope for something, you know, it, let me put it this way, hope and faith are not the same. Okay, um, you know, when we, when we hope for something, when we say, I hope this happens, I hope I get this, people say that, but when you say, I hope this happens, you're not really walking in faith or you're not really speaking um, faith, faith-filled words because faith really, hope normally points to things in the future. But what faith does is that faith grabs, hope, grabs hold of on our hope, our expectations, which may be in the future, or which we may desire to happen to us someday and brings it into the present and brings it into the now and brings into, in, into where we are, even though there is no evidence of it, even though, you know, um, there is no show of it, but faith says, I have it now. I have it at this point of prayer, uh, at the point of prayer. And I want, I want to read this by Kenneth Hagen. And I think he, he, he described this, scripture very well in a very um, beautiful way, I like, I'll, I'll call it. He says that faith is laying hold of their own realities hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. Faith lays hold, hold of their own realities of hope and bringing them into the realm of reality. Amen? And so what faith does is it gives substance to the things that we, we are hoping for or the things that we are expecting, the things that we want. And then what it does is it takes it from the future and it brings it into our current present. Hallelujah. So faith gives substance to our hope. Faith gives assurance to the things that we are hoping for or we believe for, um, the things that we, that we desire of God. And so when we grab hold of our hopes or expectations, our desires, we can say that we have it now in the present at the point that we prayed. Amen. And I know that sounds crazy. That sounds like, how can I say I have it and I don't have it? Well, that's faith. That's how faith, faith operates. You don't wait till you have it and then you say you have it. You start declaring that you received it by faith and then it will manifest and then it will show up. Amen. Hope says that I have hope says that I will have something in the future. Faith says that I have it now in the present. Hope hope says that hope, um, hope says that it's going this is going to happen to me. Faith says it's already happened to me. Hope says that I I, I um, says that um you know uh, I, I'm let me put this way if this makes perfect English or good English I'm hoping to be I hope I'll get healed or I'm hoping to be healed, amen. But faith says I am healed not hoping that I am healed now. I am healed in the present. By his stripes, I am healed. And so when we walk by faith, we have to believe that we receive the things that we desire of God in the current moment, at the moment that we pray. Amen. And so I tell people what you should do when you pray and you ask God for something, you, what you should do is thank him afterwards. 
Because if you believe that you receive by faith, then the next thing to do is to thank God. When someone gives you something, then, then the next polite thing to do is to thank the person for, for giving you or for, or for blessing you. And so when we pray, we should thank God at the moment that we received what, what, what we desire of him. We take what we desire of him. And, you know, sometimes when you, you know, when you, when you begin to believe God for something, your faith might, might not be, um, your faith might not be, be at a particular level that you, or a place that you need it to be to, to not, in order for you to believe that you actually have received it because your mind will be saying something else contrary to you. Your mind will be saying, well, you don't have it. Uh, uh, you're talking nonsense. Uh, this is rubbish. Amen. But the more you fill yourself with the word of God, the more you hear God's word, you're building yourself up. Amen. And I, I, I really believe that, you know, the manifestation of the things that we believe God comes or, a man, or shows up when we really get, when we are really fully persuaded. You know, when we get to the point where we're fully persuaded without a shadow of doubt that we actually have it. And it doesn't matter whether it manifests today or it manifests tomorrow. You know, I am healed in Jesus' name. My, uh, it doesn't matter if it manifests next week or, or, or next month. My bills are paid now in the name of Jesus. Amen. And so let's go back to Mark chapter 11, verse 24. And, and I apologize if I'm talking fast because I, I just got a lot to go through and <clears throat> I want to make sure I, I do that before tomorrow's session. Hallelujah. So we understand Hebrews 11, chapter 1. Amen. It, it shows us how faith operates. Okay. Faith gives substance to our prayers. Faith gives substance to our expectations. Faith gives substance to our desires. Amen. Um, and rather it, it be something that we, we want it to happen in the future or we're looking for, forward to it in the future. Our faith says that we have it now. We, we, we bring it in present. We receive it now in the present. Hallelujah. And so Mark 24, Mark 11, 24, again, it says, Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever, amen, what things, let me make this clear, what things, what people, I tend to say this to him. Um, <laughs> if we had single people in the room, I said, you can't claim people by faith, okay? Uh, this is talking about things. Um, when you talk about people, you know, you, you, you know, um, it's a different, it's a different cattle of fish because people's will are involved, their desires are involved. And so, you know, you cannot, you, you can't desire someone, you can't pray and desire that someone will be your husband because they might not want to. Um, but when we are asking God for things, you know, what we do is we, you can, you're asking God for things, you pray one time, okay, the prayer of faith or the prayer of petition is prayed once, okay? Uh, and after that, what you do is thank God and praise God. Every time you think about it or you, 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 you know, it, it comes to mind, all you do after that is you thank God that you have received and, and, and you've, you've taken that thing. It is yours. I am healed. I am blessed. I am, um, um, I am delivered. Hallelujah. And it's not something that we keep asking God and we keep um, praying to God to do it. No, we pray one time. And at that time we prayed, we believe God that we receive it. Amen. And what happens after that? Thank him for it. We thank God for it. We praise God for it. Hallelujah. Until 
there is a manifestation. So it's important when we pray, when we pray the prayer of faith, we believe that we receive. We believe that we're taking that thing that we desire of God. Hallelujah. You know, um, and then also when we, when, when, when we pray, we have to get rid of um, unbelief, doubt in our hearts. Um, tomorrow, if we have time, I'll talk about the enemies of faith, which one of them is unbelief and doubt. We have to get rid of unbelief and, and doubt in our hearts. What is the cure for unbelief and doubt? The word of God. Okay. The word of God is the cure for unbelief and doubt. Amen. And sometimes I will say this to some people. Okay. If you're not at the place yet, if you're not confident yet at the place where you believe you receive, that means you need to spend more time in the word. You need to spend more time in that particular scripture or particular thing that you believe in God for before you start saying, I believe I receive. If, you, if you're not confident and it's still, there are still some elements of doubt and unbelief, then you need more time in the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we have to make a decision that we believe God's word, that God's word is true, that the scripture is true, that God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent that whatever God has spoken to us or whatever promise we can find in the word of God, amen, we, we, we are entitled to it. We are entitled to believe it and we are entitled to receive it. Glory to God. Before we even go to the next level of, um, you know, uh, um, putting our faith in action and, and, and acting out our faith in terms of, you know, adding corresponding to it, okay? sometimes people you know a person might say well i'm believing god that i'm healed you know my i'm believing god to for my eyesight i'm healed so they take off their glasses i think pastor steven said this on wednesday and you know if you do that you're about to crash into someone if you're driving okay um, before you start um before you start in, in, in uh, working in some particular corresponding action, you have to make sure that you are at the place where you are convinced and you are fully persuaded that the thing that you believe in God for, um, you believe that God will do it and you believe that it's yours and you have taken it in advance in Jesus' name. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Oh, let me say I missed this point that you know uh, in second Corinthians. No, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. Second Corinthians, I'll come back to that. Let's go to Romans chapter four. And let's look at Abraham. You know, we call Abraham the father of faith, but you know, he was he didn't always start there. He didn't always start from a place of 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 walking and living in great faith. Abraham had issues. <laughs> you know, he had many major issues and um you know he 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 learned to walk with god in faith and and that's good news to us because you know faith walking in faith and living a life of faith you know it's it's not a it's not a, a sprint it's a it's a marathon if we can say it that way it's a it's it's a walk it's it's something we, we are we are it's a process that we 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 are going through is we are learning amen so we should never be hard on ourselves if we are not or our faith is not somewhere we can, somewhere that we desire or we want to be, you know, so long as we keep walking by faith and living by faith and 
trusting in God's word and learning and growing. You know, it's all right with God. Hallelujah. We never compare your faith with somebody else's faith. Never look at someone's faith and let that put you down and, and think that you don't have any faith at all. No, we all have a level of faith. We all have a measure of faith. Praise God. And, and we can all increase and grow our faith or grow in faith um, towards God. So let's look at this. Let's learn something from Abraham also um, in, in Romans chapter 4. And let's pick up from, ooh, my God. Mm. All right, let's pick up from verse 70 for time's sake. Amen. Now, we, we, we all understand that Abraham was a man who didn't have any child, and he was given a great promise by God. And God told him that he will become a father of multitudes or father of many nations. Uh, and it's interesting that God spoke to a person who, you know, whose, whose wife was barren, basically. Um, and we know that um, Sarah was the one who was barren. And because Abraham was able to produce when he listened to Sarah and went in, in, went in with Hagar. And so, you know, God still told him that your promised child, the promised child will come from you and Sarah. And Abraham had to, had to get from a place of unbelief and doubt, both of them, and to get to the place of faith to trust in God and that it can actually happen in their old age. And so let's just start from verse 17. And it says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. So God told Abraham that he's already been made. Amen. When God looked at Abraham, he was a father of many nations. He was a father of multitude. He said, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who he believed, Abraham, but even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Amen. Here's a key element or principle of faith it says god looked god looked at abraham and god called abraham hallelujah we don't speak what we see we don't speak what we feel we don't go by our five physical senses amen we go by this the sixth sense if i can put it that way which is the sense of faith and so when god if we go back to genesis chapter chapter one when god wanted wanted to recreate the earth what did he do he called those things which be not as they were and whatever he wanted he spoke it into existing exist, existence God didn't see the darkness. Oh my God, it's so dark. Look at how dark it's out here. It's so dark. Amen. No, the Bible says, God said light. He commanded light to be and light was. Amen. And, you know, actually, let's just go there. Let me go to, let's go to Genesis. Hold Romans chapter four and let's, and let's go to Genesis chapter one just to, just to show you this. And this to me also shows us the God kind of faith. You know, God operated in, God operates in faith. And he operates in faith by calling things which be not as though they are. Hallelujah. Um, and so, you know, we, we, if God even calls things which be not as though they are, you know, we should imitate God and be like our heavenly father. You know, hallelujah. Genesis chapter, chapter one, just for time's sake, let's just look at how God created, created or recreated the earth. Chapter 1, verse 3, it says, And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. 
verse 6 and god said let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let and let it divide the waters from from the waters and so it was verse 9 and god said let there be waters under the heaven and be gathered together and so it was verse 11 and god said let the earth bring forth grass and was all these things that god said they were not in existence he called them into existence verse 14 and god said verse 20 and god said verse 24 and god said let the earth bring forth verse 26 and god said hallelujah let's go to verse 29 and god said so when we look at the account of creation everything god wanted amen he called them into being he called them into existence he called forth those things which be not as though they were so let's go back to romans chapter 4 romans chapter 4 oh my god is that the time already romans chapter 4 and let's look at verse 17. So it says, God here, it says, God who quickeneth the dead or makes alive everything that's dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Amen. You know, God has the ability to call things into existence. And you and I have the same ability that God has because we are made in the image of God. Hallelujah. God is a spirit being and we are spirit beings. Amen. And spirit beings create with the words. We create things with our words. In fact, hold it again. <laughs> Romans, go to Hebrews 11 verse 2. Hebrews 11 verse 2. Or you can just stay in Romans. I'll come back to it. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 2. It says, for by the uh, verse 3, sorry. Through faith, we understand that the word were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So we understand here basically the full faith by faith. God created the worlds. He created the ages. He framed the world by his words. And since we are made in the image of God, you can frame your world, your world, you frame your life with your words. Proverbs tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, our words are not just things that we speak. Our words carries power. Amen. We either speak in death or we are speaking life. We are, thinking, we are either speaking things into being or existence or we're speaking them out of being or out of existence. And so, okay, as we go back to Romans chapter 4, let's move forward. Hallelujah. With this. Verse 18, it says, Who against hope believe in hope? that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And so Abraham had to get from a place believe in the expectation that has been laid before him. He believed that he believed um, in the word of God that God has spoken to him, that he will become father of nations, of multitudes. Um, and like I said before, he wasn't always that man of great faith, but he became that man. Okay, he became that man where who who he went from being Abraham to Abraham, the man who really trusted in God. Hallelujah! And so, you know, he believed God against all odds, against all expectation, against all the natural. Um, uh, appearance of things verse 19 and the bible says and being not weak in faith he considered not his own body now dead 
when he was about a hundred years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. And so Abraham went from a place of being weak in faith to a place of being strong in faith. Okay. He went from faith to strong faith. And, 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 and what, what describes weak faith? It says here, the Bible says that, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. And so he went from a place where he stopped considering the natural um, appearance, the natural reality. He stopped looking at himself. He stopped looking at himself and he stopped looking at Sarah. Amen. He stopped looking at their age. And so, you know, if we are going to live by faith and walk in faith, you have to go beyond the natural, how things seem, seem or look like. Amen. You have to go beyond the doctor's report. You have to go beyond your uh, your age or whatever the natural circumstance may be. You have to see past that and believe God's report or believe God at his word. Amen. And so he said, and be not weak in faith. He did not consider his own body dead. And his body was dead, 100 years old. You know? He, he, he was 100, Sarah was about 90, uh, 89 years old. I think there's about 10 10-year 10 gap between them. Got to move from weak faith to strong faith, um, even, even to the point where, you know, um, put an action to his faith. He, uh, him and Sarah had to get to the point where they, they, they had to do it. <laughs> you know, um, Isaac was not an uh, immaculate conception, Okay. Um, these old people had to believe God. Everybody um, had to say to Sarah, listen, hey, God said we're going to have a child, so come over here, bring your old self over here. Let's, I don't know how you're going to do this, but we're going to do this, if you get what I'm trying to say. Okay? That's how they put their corresponding actions to it. But he, had, he got to the place where he was no longer looking at himself and looking at Sarah and their natural situation. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Another sign that, that he did not, um, he, he, he moved from weak faith to strong faith is that he did not stagger, okay? Um, he did not stagger through unbelief. The word staggered mean, means that to doubt. And I think Pastor Stephen was, was uh, um, shared earlier on before the service talking about doubts, getting rid of doubt. Abraham moved from doubting to, to faith. He did not doubt um, the promise of God full unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. And so one thing I want to point out here is that, you know, um, I, want, I want to say this, unbelief is a choice. Amen. We, we have a choice to believe God or not believe God. You know, it, it is our choice. It is out of our free will whether to believe God or, or not believe God. Thank God we are called believers. And believers can only do one thing or should only do one thing. And that is believe. Believe God. Believe his promises. No matter how hard and difficult as faith may be, okay, you can go from unbelief to believe. It, 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 it all depends on how big you see God. Okay. You know, how you see God able. Can, can God do the impossible? All these things we read about God, you know, or we, we even talk, we say about God. 
Do we really believe it? Do we really believe that God is able? Do we believe that God can do the impossible? Amen. And so we have to, you know, unbelief, I believe, is a choice that we make, whether we choose to believe God or not. And again, the remedy for that is you have to get into the word of God. You have to meditate the word of God to get rid of the unbelief that we may have. And said that he went from, from being weak faith to strong faith, giving glory to God. Hallelujah. What is an indication that you, you are in strong faith is when you get to the place where you are in glory to God, where you are praising God, where you are thanking God before the manifestation, where you are thanking God that you have it right now, you receive it. Amen. You believe in God for a house, your faith confession should be, I believe I receive my new house in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I give you glory. Hallelujah. I thank you. I receive it. Oh, I thank you. I can see the, the rooms, the, 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 I can see the colors. I can see it by faith whilst you're still, still living where you are right now. Amen. So when you get to a place where you are able to praise and thank and give glory to God, you know that you are operating from a place of strong faith in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And then what, what are some of the other indications that Abraham went from weak faith to strong faith? Verse 21, and being fully persuaded. I think we heard that, that the, these words at the beginning of the service. Being fully persuaded, not half persuaded, but fully persuaded that he is going to be a father of multitude of many nations. Amen. According to what God has said, according to his promise. Now, mind you, he was already a father. He already had Isaac. But he knew that, you know, it, it would have been easy to say, oh, Isaac is, gonna, is the promised child. Uh, and he is the one that from him there's going to be uh, nations out of. No, Abraham to see another, another son with him and Sarah. And he got to the place where he was fully persuaded that he was no more than Abraham whom, when Sarah said, go and sleep with Hagar. He was like, yep, Sarah, you hear from God. I'll do just that. <laughs> you are a woman of God. Praise the Lord. He looked at the old woman and he looked at, at the young woman and said, Sarah, thou hearest from God. This is the will of God. No. This was a different man. And I want to point this out, and I don't have time to show you in scripture, you know, um, you know, God, I believe that God had to do something to help Abraham. And what I believe God did for Abraham to help him be that father is changing his name for him to Abraham. Okay. And I think what I think that the significance of that is that when Abraham heard his new name, now this is somebody who's been living for almost a hundred years, known as Abram. But when he heard the new name, Abraham, which meant father of nation or multitude, I think I believe that it, called, it did something to his faith. Okay. It helped him, but to, it reminded him of the promise that God has spoken over him. And again, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so I believe when Abraham began to hear people call him by his new name, even his wife, and God also changed Sarah's name, amen, it was, was, um, it was uh, 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 how can I put it? It was a divine move by God. 
that help them to walk, that help them to believe and receive that promise that God has spoken over them. And so Abraham got to the place where he was fully persuaded. And I believe, at the, at the, I, I believe that when we get to the place where we are fully persuaded, where there's no shadow of doubt, if the doubt comes, you know, we maybe might have bad days, but we, we, we rebuke it or we repent if we, if we spoke, if we said, um, if we spoke words of unbelief, we just repent and, and get back into faith, you know. But when we get to the place where we are fully persuaded, I don't think it takes that long for the manifestation to happen, okay? Abraham, it only took Abraham one year, okay? When, when he had Isaac, you know, uh, he was 86. And then God appeared to him when he was 89. And basically, when God appeared to him, God corrected him. If you go back to Genesis, I believe chapter 17. But it only took a year. It only took about nine months from that point to the when Abraham received the promised son. And so sometimes, yes, you know, it seems that something takes long, but I don't believe it has to take long if we really get into faith, you know, and then we're acting like it. We start talking like it. You know, and then we add the corresponding, whatever corresponding action that is appropriate, we start adding it to our faith. It doesn't take long for the manifestation. Let me finish this and I'm done. Verse 20, verse 21. And being fully persuaded that he had, that um, be, being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. That's a word for somebody. God is able to perform that thing he's promised to you. And verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Um, now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord and Savior from the dead. Amen. Abraham, um, um, walking in faith, um, his example here, you know, this is what caused God to now declare him, or declare him as righteous. Okay, because of because he believed God, God said, "Now you are righteous." Well, we have already been made righteous. We have already been made the righteousness of God, and all God is looking for from from us is to get to the place where we truly believe in Him, where we are fully persuaded, where we trust, where we know that no matter what, no matter what we are going through, what we are facing, no matter what the circumstances look like, His promise shall be fulfilled in our lives. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father God. We be, give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. And so that is it. Um, try to squeeze a lot in here in the hour, but I hope um, you were able to pick something from these two portions of Scripture that we've looked at tonight. And tomorrow we will just talk about um, some enemies and some hindrances to our faith that will also help us to walk and live in faith. God bless you. I appreciate you. Over to you, Pastor Stephen.